Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills podcast is a broadcast outreach of Dag Heward Mills Ministries, which has the duty to bring you the very best from the vast teaching archive of healing evangelist, best-selling author, and megachurch pastor, Dag Heward Mills. This Monday, Bishop Dag will share a poignant message about the important subject of the resurrection and the fact that death and the grave does not mark the finite end. You will find out the three characteristics that follow someone who goes into the grave. Bishop Dag will teach you that although death may spoil everything and make nonsense of all that we have here on earth, you will discover the difference between a believer and a non-believer is the faith in the resurrection. After listening, you will be wiser on the realities of death of our mortal bodies, but you will be encouraged to not lose your focus on eternity. Be blessed by today's word. Oh, hallelujah. Do it better for the Lord. Give the Lord a mighty shout of praise. Oh, put your hands together and celebrate the Lord. And you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. We are grateful to God. How many of you are happy today? It's Resurrection Sunday. Amen. The Bible says that we are dead with Christ. We've been buried with him and we've been resurrected with him. And now we are sitting together with him in heavenly places. Amen. How many of you are happy God saved you? Put your hands together for the Lord. Amen. I think it's appropriate that we hear a great chain testimony today. Put your hands together and let's welcome our brother Duke to share with us how God saved him, changed him, and gave him a new life and a new family in church. Or do it better for our brother Duke. Amen. Hello. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Duke Makonjola from Nigeria. And I'm here to testify about how God transformed my life um, by the ministry he brought me and through this church. Um, Before now, I used to be, you know, a bad boy. (laughs) I was into smoking. uh, I was into womanizing. I drink a lot. I drink and I don't get high. (laughs) And I joined this church. Used to. Yeah, I used to. I used to. Thank you, I joined this church seven months ago, and that was when I came to Nigeria. Uh, you came from Nigeria to Ghana? Yeah, seven months ago. And um, my first Sunday in this church, a friend brought me to church, and when the service was going on, I was like, yo, when will this service end? It's just going on and on and on. After one, there's another. Why? But the excitement was cool, though, and it was like, just relax, okay, just relax. It will end soon. And I was like, okay, I'm around. I was there. And to my surprise, I checked my time. It was almost six. And I said, okay. And I met some other guy from the Anakazo too. Then on that very Sunday, I met Mommy Vivaldi. And she was mentioning a statement. She was like, I want you to be my friend. And I want want to be your friend as well. She was mentioning that over and over. And I was like, in my mind, I was asking, why does a pastor want to be my friend? Why is she interested in me? Why me? Is it that that's how it's done here or... I don't know. Okay. I was like, okay. Then uh, Sunday after, someone invited me to join the film star ministry. Which I, I was telling the guy that, yo, I don't know how to act. I don't know anything about acting. Then he was like, no, it's not, not. Don't worry. It's not about acting. Just follow me. Let's go. Just follow me. And I was like, okay. Hope it won't take long. Then I joined. Uh, I met a couple of pastors. They took my contact. 
But to my surprise, during the week, they were just on me, calling, reaching out, calling, calling, and how are you? How are you doing? Where is your place? Why are these people so interested in me? And to my surprise, um, Pastor Elam, which was my pastor, she, he came to visit me. He came to visit me in my house, and he was talking to me about quiet time. I didn't know what that was, and he was telling me, as a Christian, you need to have your quiet time. You need to do this. You need to pray every day. Read your Bible and pray every day. And he taught me, and that was the point I rededicated my life to God. And I, and I told God, God, I want to know you, and I want to have my quiet time. As he has said, and by the grace of God, it was always on me. Have you read your Bible today? Have you prayed today? And by the grace of God, I was doing that. And all of a sudden, I feel like the things I used to like before, I don't like them anymore. I don't. The desire don't, started falling off. The desire started going. The things I used to do before, I watched pornography and all of that. I don't have the desire for all those things anymore. And I was praying and I was having my quiet time. And to the glory oh, of God. I thought you put your hands together for our brother Duke. Just to explain a bit, he he was he was telling me if you had met him before he came to first love, and you had asked him if he was a Christian, the answer would have been yes, because his mother is a Christian, his father is a Christian, yes. he comes from a Christian family, yes. but he didn't know the Lord. He was not born again, and like he was saying, he was into drinking, smoking, and all that. But coming into the first love church, the love that he felt was what gave him the opportunity to be around the word of God enough to be born again. Right, Amen. Amen. And he said, after you gave your life to you rededicated your life to Christ. You notice the desire started falling yes, off. Yes, please. All the desire started falling off. And my pastor actually made me a leader in the ministry, in the film star ministry. Mm. And to the group, I never used to love people. I never used to care about people. Even my siblings, I just do my thing on my own. But today, by the grace of God, I have about 30 people I'm calling every week to check up on them and know if they are okay and make sure they are in church every Sunday. So it's by the grace of God. And I want to encourage everyone to please stay and find a ministry. Be in a ministry. It has been a blessing to my life. The only thing that has transformed me this far was the people that was around me in this church, the friends I had and the pastors that were around me to guide me and to direct me. So please join a ministry. It will help your life and it will change your life. And I want to thank Bishop also for sending pastors, for creating all these ministries. It has really helped me a lot and I'm so grateful, sir. Thank you, sir. Wow, why don't you put your hands together for that powerful and amazing testimony. Ask your neighbor sitting by, which ministry are you a part of? Which ministry are you a part of? I believe God will continue to use us and use our church as a place many people can find salvation. Put your hands together for that powerful testimony. Hallelujah. Let's pray for a moment. Father, thanks a million for this great blessing. Of being here in your house we are so excited we thank you we thank you for your blessing the blessing of giving sowing seeds we are grateful in Jesus name amen you may be seated now today is um, resurrection Sunday and we are excited to be celebrating that. Amen. 
the greatest enemy of God and of man is um, death. Death makes everything that we do useless. So it's the greatest enemy of man. That's why the Bible says the last enemy that will be vanquished is death. Amen. But on Easter Sunday, we want to be grateful to God by giving generously. Amen. But I want you to always have a good understanding when it comes to giving. So I want you to turn to Revelation chapter 22. All right? And we are reading from verse number one. All right? It says, And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst, this is the last chapter of the Bible. This is how the end will be. In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, was there the tree of life. Everybody say the tree. So whether it was a tree of whatever, it was a tree. Okay? And which bear twelve manner of fruits. Okay? And then yielded her fruit every month. Okay, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Okay, and verse 3, and there shall be no more curse. Now, this is a very wonderful revelation. We see at the beginning of the world, are you, are you watching? Are you listening? A curse. And... God cursed the earth and said that you are going to suffer to eat. In the sweat of thy face, you shall eat bread. So if you notice, you basically work hard to just eat and to drink. Few people get a little more than that in this world. Now the reason for that is because of the presence of the curse. And a curse is something that affects you. It, a curse is wonderful in the sense that whether it's this way or that way or this way or that way, it always comes out into the same thing. Like the curse that is on all of us is that no matter what you do, no matter what you eat, no matter where you live, you always end up in a grave. Do you understand? You always end up dying. No matter what you eat, what you drink, what you take, what you have, what you don't have, how much you exercise, how strong you are, you end up in a grave. It's just a matter of time. Everybody, all of us, you may be nice and everything. Even Christians, other religions, everybody, you just end in the same way. So that's how curses are. So if you look in Africa, you see that, well, that. Togo, whether Senegal, whether East Africa, West Africa, North Africa, South Africa, it 
has a certain picture and it ends in a certain way. You know, we were in South Africa for crusades for almost two years. And it was in South Africa that we had the lowest offering ever. The lowest. I mean, the people were the poorest of all the countries, including Liberia, Syria, and everywhere. It's amazing. So, the point I'm trying to make is that there is a curse somewhere. Now, when it comes to giving an offering or just giving, there is something that giving does. Jesus said, it is more blessed in Acts 20, it is more blessed to give. That means that there is a blessing in giving. It's more blessed to give. It's a blessed thing to do. So giving introduces a blessing. Everybody say giving introduces a blessing. Amen. And that blessing is what we need. No matter the work you do, all right, if there is no blessing, or and the blessing, one of the things that blessings do is that they neutralize curses. Are you with me? They neutralize curses. Because as for the curse, it is real. Now, I want you to see what it's like when a curse is neutralized. How many want to know what it's like when, what it is like to your finances? What will happen to your finances if a curse is neutralized? Do you want to see it in the Bible? Okay, you've already seen it, but you didn't recognize it. Look at Revelations 22 and look at what it's going to be like in your life as a farmer, okay, when there's no more curse. You remember the verse 3 says, and there shall be no more curse. So look at what's going to happen. There's a tree mentioned there. Look at verse 20, chapter 22, verse 2. A tree is mentioned, okay? And there will be a tree, okay? Now, the tree which is not operating under the curse is very different from the trees we have. Once the curse is different, it's gone, the tree changes. First of all, you, 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 most of you know only mango trees. Isn't it? Or purple trees. Or orange trees. Isn't it? But this tree, you see, it has 12 kinds of fruit on it. So you not have to plant an orange tree, a purple tree, a mango tree, a corn. One tree will have corn. It will have apples. Oranges, grape, yam. What? I need 12. Please put 12 fruits that you need. Huh? 12 types of fruits on one tree. So you, you just have to plant one tree in your garden. No, one time I brought a tree from Guinea. In, in uh, eight, almost 10 years ago, I planted it. And honestly, the tree hasn't given even one fruit up till today. It's a pity. I've been watching. There are two of them. And they can easily be cut down. But 
If I was having a tree that was not operating under a curse, this tree, one tree, mango, I need a 12 list of 12 fruits. Mango tree, it will be mango, pear, coconuts. There will be coconuts on the same mango tree. Watermelons on the tree. Apples. I will not mention what you are saying. Guava, bananas, plantain. Bananas will be on this side, plantains will be on this side. Pineapples, watermelon, papa, oranges. I hope you are writing it, those of you out there. Writing it because this is the type of tree you would have when there shall be no more castle. It's not a small tree. This, the days of planting many trees. This is apple trees, purple tree, uh, watermelon, pineapples. It's over. One tree, all these things are growing on it. So when you go to the tree, you get it. You got your watermelon. Maybe it will even have tomatoes for your stew. Tomatoes, onions, and all the fruits that are needed in this world. Cabbage, whatever. No, we are not going to use the, your year and things that we don't really need. I'm talking about necessary fruits. Is it not amazing? Now, that's the first wonder when there is no more castle. The second wonder, do you see, and I, it, 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 the second wonder when there's no more curse is that the tree bears fruit every month. Look at it. Whereas you plant, I've planted mine for 10 years, nothing has come, and you may plant your tree, every, it comes, the fruit comes once a year, Maybe twice a year, I don't know, but once a year, you may get something. Corn, how many times a year do you get something from corn? Once. That's why they sell corn once in the year. The season comes and then they are boiling, roasting and whatever. But when it's gone, it's gone. What about plantain? It has a season. Mango too has a season. So all that. But now, January's fruits, and there are 12 of them arrive, then after that, February's fruits, plenty. So you, you hardly work to get something. That's what it would be like doing the same work we are doing without a curse. If you, if you were working without a curse, you worked for what bank? Echo Bank, Barclays Bank, Cal Bank, any of the banks. Okay? And you will get enough money from one month. After one month, you rest till next year in terms of farming. No need to work again for just one month's salary. 
But the current one month salary by the seventh day of the month, the one month salary is telling you that I am getting finished. Warning, red lights are coming on. True or not true? Oh, yes. And mysteriously, no matter how much your salary is, no matter how high it is, no matter how much they mention, you still have the burden to go to work from morning to evening. And some of the richest people in the world are some of the hardest working people you can find. They, like somebody said, the world is run by tired men. The world is run by who? Tired men. Amazing. So, the reason why I am saying what I'm saying and I'm sharing what I'm sharing with you is because I've been, I've been a Christian for so many years, serving the Lord, working in the church, and I've watched people and pastored people in the same church I've seen them graduate from school. I saw her graduate from school. I saw him graduate from school. I saw him graduate from, I knew him. This is Reverend, he was in um, Legon. And uh, he was a student. And I saw him graduate from the school. And then was your first job at the bank? Second. Second job. Then I remember he came to see me and showed me a, a, a letter. He has received a job at the bank. And the amount of money that he was going to earn from the bank, when I compared it with what we are paying, what people earn in the church, it was, I mean, like 12 kinds of fruits <laughs> compared to one fruit. But I can tell you that even though he was earning that about 20 years ago, he's still working very hard today because it's not enough. I just don't know how. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. What I'm trying to point out to you is that whether you are a pastor, whether you are a businessman, look at our president, Kufo. How he suffered to be the president. Do you see? And our current president. How his campaign, Kumi Preku and other campaign. You should see, you should see his speeches in those days. Very strong. He had bushy hair. Yes. Hey, Kumi Preku, just kill me now. I mean, just kill me now. I should die now. It's okay if I die. That's, that's the kind of fighter that he was. Wow. Up from then now till now, he's still on it all. I mean, he's surpassed retirement. By the way, retirement is 60. He's almost 80. He's still on it. 18 years after retirement, he's on the work. And I'm sure he's more tired than ever before. 
Oh, yes. That's how work is on this earth. No matter who you are. No matter the type of job. That's what I'm trying to explain. There is a curse that takes away, put my scripture there, this type of fruit bearing. Where one job has everything, 12 kinds of fruits. You just plant one tree, everything will come that you need. Your plantains will be up, down will be pineapples, uh, your bananas for your banana fritters, your uh, watermelons will be coming. Look at it, 12 kinds of fruit. Actually, this, this, I got this revelation because I read, I'm trying to find the book, I can't find it, but there was a book I read once which described the, the earth as it was before God cursed it after Adam. And it was something like this. So the words, hills and mountains, the fruit come all the time. Yeah, they were describing it. And I said, wow. So when the punishment came, the earth is cursed because of you. In the sweat of your face, you will eat bread. All types of job change. Yeah. So whenever we are giving offerings, whenever we are giving, because of what Jesus said, that it's blessed to give. Your giving introduces a blessing which is a supernatural element into many things. Well, if I look at our church, that our church is being able to exist, pass through the pandemic and be buoyant, financially buoyant up till today. I see it as, I, I don't see it as a result of hard work because a lot of pastors also work very hard. A lot of people, they preach. I mean, have you seen me using a towel before? I mean, I'm trying to say that people work very hard, so hard that they have to use towels. They sweat. They, and I sweat because when a goat is sweating, you can't see. Yes, I'm also sweating, but you can't see. Yes. All I'm saying is that there is hard work that people are doing. But it is not being blessed and it's not buoyant and it's not flourishing in a certain way. That's, that's what I'm trying to point out. And I'm saying that when you give a seed, I want you to have faith that you are introducing into your financial life something that is called a blessing into where there are curses. Very wild curses in the system. Oh, yes. Very wild. The cases that are in the system, are, are, you can't understand. I mean, why would you have a country like America having poor people? I mean, you just ask yourself. I watched a, I watched a, a documentary the other day. In 1979, when they went to invade um, um, Afghanistan, Russia invaded. You know, just as Russia is invading uh, Ukraine now, they did that to Afghanistan. I don't know whether they were trying to add them to Russia. But the Afghanistan people fought. And America decided to support the Afghanistan seriously to prevent Russia from taking over. So the guy who was sent, he, he gave an interview. He said, oh, I, was, I was told, we'll give you $1 billion, throw it at this war. And if you need more, come for more. Sharp. I mean, that's the kind of money they have. So take $1 billion. No meeting, no negotiation, no foreign aid. Just take one billion and come for more. 
You can watch it. It's on Netflix. Yeah. That's the kind of money they have. Yes, one billion. Go, if you need more. And the guy was describing how he was dissipating the money. And they were fighting. Oh, yes. He was throwing it at the wall. One billion. That's the kind of money that... And yet you go to America and you see people who are begging. You go to America and you see a place where they can just take one billion and throw it away. And they were throwing billions. Did you hear how much it cost the, the Afghanistan war when they left? The, I forget the figure. I said something trillions, trillions, about 55 trillion or something has caused them to fight in Afghanistan. That's the amount of money they've spent there. And there are people that are poor. Because the case is such that you have eh? 2.3 trillion. Yeah. No, it's more than that. Yes. Serious. Throw it at the wall. But what about they threw it into Ghana to make some roads? But you see, no matter what, they won't throw it here. $300 million a day for 20 years. $300 million a day for 20 years. Amazing. Is there money in the world? But you see, we are in the world, though, but we are not also seeing. We work, uh, divide your salary by 8.5. Divide your salary by 8.5, then you see where you are compared to the billions that are in the world. So anyway, I'm just telling you something. It doesn't make sense to give logic and addition and subtraction. But spiritually, for those who are spiritual, who believe, eh, believe it all. That a blessing is needed in financial things. Somehow there has to be a blessing from God for the little to become enough. When I look at myself here, compare myself with some of my classmates and others who went to America in as early as 1989. You see, and I stayed in Ghana with a classroom full of students from Ebenezer Secondary School. And I said, I'm going to be the pastor of these people. Oh, yes. And God has been with us and has made something small to become plenty. I feel that it's a miracle. I feel that it's a powerful grace. Yes. So, I believe in giving. Tithing. Let us believe in it. I'm showing you You just analyze it. A tree with 12 types of fruits. Wow. I've never seen that before. How many are surprised at what I'm saying? 12, just one tree. You don't have to go mango tree here, this is. We just just plant one tree and everything is on it. Yam, even yam is growing on the tree. So you can have your yam, uh, fried yam, yam balls, and yam what? (laughs) Then you have your plantain for your, for what? Your kilewile. Then you have your watermelon for your arginine. Watermelon is important for... You know what watermelon? I don't want to say it. Yeah. You know the watermelon revelation. You have your watermelon. Watermelon contains arginine. Yes. And then what else? 
Coco yam as well. You want coco yam on your tree? Whatever you want. That's your, that's your tree. Twelve types of different things. Your plantain, your bananas. Your oranges for oranges. Some of you have, it's a long time since you drank oranges. One time I was in a, in a hotel in Korea. And uh, you'll be there soon. We were told to order whatever we wanted. So I ordered a glass of orange juice. So when it came and I was signing, I looked at the price. One glass, $50. And I drank the $50. So, hey! So to have a tree that is producing oranges, I tell you, you are producing the dollars. Yes. Receive trees with many fruits. Yes. So until this world comes to an end, this curse is present. Yes. It's present. Amen. And we are going to be introducing blessings to our lives all the time, every time we give. So all the young people in the church, I want you to be givers, like start from, because you know, I can say I've been paying tight since 1979. That's quite some time. Tight, like regular. There was no church, but I believe in paying tight. And I believe that it introduces a blessing into your financial life. How many want to be subject to the economy of Ghana? How many want the blessing to come into your economy? Ah, what a blessing. So, tell your neighbor, neighbor, I don't know if you are a giver, but I feel that you need to give. Yes, so that you'll be blessed. And a blessing will come into your work and your business, whatever you are doing. Take your offering out. Today is Resurrection Sunday. So, we are really blessed to be here today in the presence of the Lord. Whatever crisis, whatever problem you have, in the presence of the Lord everything falls into perspective and you understand what is happening better take your offerings if you are watching online take out your offering you are blessed to join this service God is with us God is helping us God is guiding us God is fighting for us Amen God is introducing blessings to your work. The the principal area of life where there is a curse, which is work. God is introducing a blessing. By paying tithes, giving offerings, Jesus said it is more blessed to give. When you give, it introduces a supernatural element. Father, open heaven's doors over your children. Open heaven's gates and let there be a supernatural blessing everyone. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let the church say amen. Let the church say amen. To what God's word has to say, let the church say amen. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet.
It's time for the word of God. And it's time to hear what God has to say to us. We are wearing white because he is risen. I've been to the tomb in Israel and I have good news for you. Jesus is alive. The tomb is empty because Jesus rose from the dead and he conquered the grave. And because of his great accomplishment, we are standing here today. Can I have a shout of praise? And because he's alive, he's here in this room. Why don't you lift your hands right before we receive the word? And let's welcome the presence of God here. Where are you, Lord? Where can I find you? Everybody lift your hands, lift your voice, let's sing. You must be in this room. Right by my side. Right by my side. Now lift your hands, tell them I want to feel you. Close your eyes, forget about everyone else. And tell him I want to believe. What an encounter we are in for today. Experience. Experience your mighty presence with me. Let's sing it again. Where are you, Lord? And where are you, Lord? Where can I find you? Where can I find you? You must be in this room. You must be here. I can't see you, Jesus, but I believe in you. Right by my side. How many of you need him? And I want to feel you. I want to believe. I want to believe. I want to experience. Experience your mighty presence with me. The Lord is Welcome his presence everywhere, everywhere I go. 
This is my favorite part. If you don't go with me, go with me. Then I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I don't want to have anything. I don't want to have anything where you just share with you because just a short message today on the grave is not the end the grave is not the end amen the grave is not the end that's the reality of resurrection and I want us to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 12 It says, now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? All right? Now, all the way to... All the way to the very end of the... Um, 
chapter verse 55 says, O death, where is thy sting? And O grave, where is thy victory? All right? Now, death has a sting and grave has a feeling of it has won over life. All right? That's the effect of death and the grave. The grave seems to have overcome human beings. No matter who you are, what you are, what you do, and how important the things you are doing are, grave, the grave seems to neutralize you and shut you up. And death has a sting. There's a feeling that comes with death of anybody. Even people that are far away from you, the feeling of death, uh, there's a feeling. It's a negative feeling. Very negative. And so the Bible says, death, where is your sting? And grave, where is your victory? So, I believe that um, the resurrection is one of the very important subjects and the fact that the grave is not the end. Amen. Now, this world existed before we came on the scene and the, our history is from Genesis, which is just 5,000, 6,000 years ago. But everyone knows that the earth is far older than that. And everyone knows that animals and other skeletons and so on have been found, which are far older than the 5,000, 6,000 years. And you must know that these scientific things are true. Because uh, when they see a star and they say this star is 1,000 light years away, or mass, for instance, is so far. What happens is that they do a calculation and mass is like, like a star. If you, if you can see. How many have seen mass before? It's a, it's a planet in the sky. If you know how to notice the planets. Anytime I'm outside with people and we see the planets, I show But mass has a time that it comes. You see it's reddish. And this is just like a star. But there's a calculation. They say it is this distance. And then they make a rocket. Do you see? And they give it speed, fuel, time everything and they send it and it gets there when they get there they film it and they land so all these calculations are true including the age of animals the age of skeletons all these scientific things they are not just theories they are real things that have been proved especially by going to places like mars going to mercury going to the sun and all that they've been proved to be true they are real they say this is the distance to the sun so many million miles and it is found to be true Okay, so we started our history from Adam's time and from Adam all the way up to Noah, all right, because Noah came on the scene not so long after Adam died, because Adam lived to be almost a thousand years and then Noah came on just, there was a little gap and then Noah was born and Noah lived and then the history of man is known, everybody knows it. So Adam had an experience in the garden through his disobedience. And we must all fear disobedience. And in that, he was punished. And he said, 
you are going to die. You see, so it's it, death. We were not really intended to die. And you can see how empty the earth is. I was just in the north and um, we can drive for a long time. There's nobody. Space, a lot of space, a lot of people, space, this land. The whole country is empty of people. Although there are a lot of people still in the world, but there's a lot of space everywhere. So we, we were supposed to have been living and adding on. Like by now we would have so we are going to visit Adam. You get what I'm saying? And we're visiting Adam, asking him some questions, we'd have seen Abraham, all those guys would still be on earth. Do you see? Everybody would have been flowing normally on earth. And the conflicts and the things we'd be having, we wouldn't be having. No one would have died. We'd have lived forever. In fact, that's why God sacked Adam and Eve. Because he didn't want them to eat of the tree of life and not die. Do you see? Because if people, certain people live too long, it's going to cause problems. So if you see like Hitler and Stalin and some other wild people, it's sometimes like death is almost like a blessing that they are not alive. Like you can't get up and see this person again because he's gone. You get it? Only that they have other people that come with the same spirit. <laughs> so death has been destroying our lives for years. Amen. And uh, death, death spoils everything. Death spoils everything. My, my son, David, just passed away. It spoils everything. You ask me, am I sad? If you had a son who died, would you be sad? You should ask yourself that question. It spoils everything. It brings a feeling, a, a funny environment, and it, it makes nonsense of everything. We always try to wish it further and further away, but that's how it is, you know. And so God has promised us that um, there would be a resurrection, like an overcoming of the greatest problem that has been introduced to human beings, like which is death, that you have to die. You have to leave everything you are doing and go out of this world. No matter how good you are. I was surprised to read that Paul was only about 58 years old when he died. Apostle Paul. Oh, yes. Yes. And he went out. You know, so it's like, you know, one time I was in uh, the UK and somebody took me to a golf course and told me this is where James Bond plays. Do you know James Bond? Roger Moore. Yeah, he said, well, this is where Roger Moore plays golf. I said, wow. So we were walking around. It's two huge golf courses joined together. So I said, who, who owns this place? He said, a Japanese man, one man. Can you imagine the land in the UK? Two huge golf courses. And I realized that even if this Japanese man wants to hold one of the trees in the golf course and say, I will not go, he will go. 
and it will make nonsense of everything he has. Are you with me? Yes. That's, that's what death does. It make, you can acquire and heap up. But at a point, even the things you've heaped up start to fight you. I remember my father-in-law before he died, one of the things he said, it's not good to have too many houses. I was surprised to hear him say that. <laughs> but he's an experienced man with a lot of houses. So, death comes to spoil like all your education, your family. It's a very severe punishment. Apart from the punishment of the work, like now you suffer to work, then after that too, you will also die. It's a wild neutralizer. How many agree with me that death is a wild neutralizer of our happiness and of our existence? And even if you've not been sentenced to death, and even if you don't have a disease which you know of which I am going to die, you see, you are still sentenced to death. One day, I was watching a documentary about a man who was sentenced to death and was about to be executed, but he was executed. So the priest went in with him and spoke with him for the last, they had the last meal and all that. And uh, so when he came out, they asked him two questions. Did the man admit the thing that he, they said he did? They said, no, he said he did not admit it. He said he didn't do it. And then, he, so they asked him, what did you tell him before he died? He told the man, he said he told the man that, look, you have been sentenced to death. And he said that the rest of us have also been sentenced to death, only that we don't know the date. That's also what he told the man. And it's true. We are all under that sentence. Every day we wake up, we are one day nearer the day that that sentence will be executed. So when Jesus came to this world, all right, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. Wow. Jesus is the resurrection. I am the resurrection and the life. I I am resurrection. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Wow. So, Jesus promised that he was the resurrection. And that is the difference between a believer and a non-believer is our faith in the resurrection. That's, that's what makes the difference. Now, it makes a difference in two ways. It makes a difference at the funeral. You know, one time I was actually involved in the funeral of somebody who didn't believe in God. So, I had to speak. Because it was like an important person's what do you call it? But the person didn't believe in God and the family also didn't believe in God. I tell you, I was out of words. Can you imagine me out of what to say? Do you know what I did? I checked the internet. What do you say at a funeral when somebody doesn't believe in God? I googled it and I saw something. 
<laughs> what should I say? Because they, they don't believe all these things you are saying. And apparently the priests in England are always officiating funerals of people who don't believe in God. Because even though they don't believe in God, when they die, they call the priests. So it's a common thing to officiate funerals of people who don't believe in God. So what do you say? But when you say I'm the resurrection, so what is all this is now? When you are dead, you are dead like a dog. Your meat is just nothing. That is all they believe. But we believe. We believe that we shall rise again. Amen. Jesus was asking Martha, do you believe he will rise again in the resurrection? Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 12. Beautiful. Now, if Christ be risen, it says in verse 13, if there's no resurrection, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is in vain, and your faith is also useless. If there's nothing like resurrection, we, we don't, what we believe is useless. Yea, and we have found false witnesses, because we've testified of God that he raised Christ, whom he didn't raise. Verse 16. If the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, then your faith is in vain, and you are yet in your sins. So if Christ is not raised, it means that Jesus is not Lord of Lords. He didn't overcome death. He didn't rise from the dead as he said. He said, I'll rise after three days. If that's not the case, then we are seriously in trouble in our faith. Are you with me? We are in serious difficulty. So we believe that Christ is raised. Amen. Now, if Christ is not raised, verse 18 says, then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. That means that anybody who has died and fallen asleep has perished. But that is not and cannot be the case. In our church today, we have a number of members who are not on this earth. Who have died. So we have members on, in, on earth and members in heaven. Amen. We have a branch in heaven actually. Amen. How many want to join that branch? Not now. You'll be joining later. <laughs> oh, yes. Hallelujah. Now, verse 19. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, then we are of all men most miserable. Why? Why are we of all men most mis- miserable? Because there are so many things that we could have done in this world that we didn't do because of Christ. Such as what? Can you mention three things that you would have done? Huh? Good or bad? Either good or bad. <laughs> Polygamy. You'd have married a number of wives. Okay. Fornication, isn't it? Freely you be for, freely you fornicate, freely you'll be fornicated. 
What else? Drinking. Alcohol has an effect. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes that alcohol makes you merry. It does what? It makes you merry. The scripture that says that and money answers all things. And money answers all things. That's the scripture. Oh yes. Find that scripture quickly. 10, 10, 19. A feast is made for laughter. And wine makes you happy. Huh? So I don't know how happy you are. But it looks like you would have been very happy if you could have some. You just be. You forget about all your troubles. I mean, it's in the Bible. But because of Christ, isn't it? You are forsaking your whiskey, your gin, your wine, your beer, your vodka. And what else? Wow! You've forsaken those who wanted to marry many, you couldn't marry. Those who wanted to just fornicate around, just anybody you see, Charlie, let's fornicate. Let's fornicate for this weekend. What else have you forsaken? Stealing money and doing anything to get money. Yes. Killing people. Fighting. Doing what you feel like doing. What about smoking? And getting high. I'll take you high. What else have you forsaken? Secular music. What? Jay-Z. Jay-Z. I don't know what that is. Secular music, you have forsaken it. And what else have you forsaken? Pornography. You'd have been enjoying all types of pornography. Japanese pornography, Haitian pornography, Congolese pornography, Nigerian pornography, different types. Shorter ones, long ones, all types. Wow. What else have you forsaken? Betting, gambling. You would have been gambling freely. Multiple husbands. If one husband is not satisfied, you can have three or four. One for money, one for sex, one for fellowship, and one for holiday. you are forsaken for Christ's sake what else have you forsaken clubbing clubbing in nightclubs you would have been grooving 
dancing, smooching. Wow! So do you miss it a lot? See me after church. Those of you who lifted your hands. Hey, you people. Christ is listening to you. He's listening to you and wondering to himself, has he made you suffer so much? Hmm. How many are sorry? Tell him that you are sorry. You are sorry, Lord. He said, if in this life only we have hope, we are of all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits. He's the first example of someone who rises from the dead. All right? So notice, as in Adam all men die, notice the scripture, as in Adam verse 22, all men die, so in Christ shall all men be made alive. So all our brethren who are gone, we are going to see them again. And I believe I'm going to see my son again. He's going to be made alive. Amen. One day. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank God. Now verse 25 says, For he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. Verse 26, the last enemy. The what? The last enemy of our lives that will be destroyed is death. Death is an enemy to everything you are doing. I'm telling you. You know, as I'm building the church, God has shown me that, look, you can't be here forever. Form a council, appoint a chairman, and leave them to the Holy Spirit. I said, what? He said, yes, form a council, appoint a chairman, and leave them to the Holy Spirit. And he showed me that's what he did. He formed a council of 12 apostles, appointed Peter as a chairman, and left them to the Holy Spirit. Take over. Yes. So our churches and denominations are being run and being run by councils with a chairman. They have a chairman for each one. And we're leaving them to the Holy Spirit because whatever we are doing, we can only help. I mean, have you wondered why Jesus after three said, no, it's enough. It's enough. I don't, I don't like here. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I feel Jesus told the Father, child, the place is wild. The people are wild. The people are too wild. Hey, what type of people are these? Wickedness, hatred, envy, sorrow, betrayal, hurt, offenses, pain, sadness. Jesus told the Father, look, it's okay. I've been here as a carpenter for some time before I started this one. Three years is enough. I've shared them. I've given them thy word. I've finished the work that I... And you are 33 years old. You finished your work. I've finished my work that I've done. I would like to go. Oh, yes. And he knew that human beings were so ungrateful that they would kill him. 
And we just have to allow them to, man, to manifest. And they would do bad things to him. And they did it. That's why. That's why. It says the last enemy to be destroyed will be death. Alright? Now, Paul said by verse 32, if after the manner of beasts I fought with men at Ephesus, what advantage me it me if the dead rise not? Let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. You see, he's saying that if after, put another version please, if after the manner of beasts, if from, the, from human motives I fought with wild beasts at Ephesus, what does this profit me? If the dead are not raised, then the best advice would be, let us eat, let us drink, let's do anything you want us to do, and tomorrow we'll die, and that will be the end of it. When Princess Diana died, I sat with a man at Novotel, a white man, and I asked him, do you believe in God? Because everybody was so affected by, by she had died that day, and the night before, and I was waiting for somebody there. I asked him, he said, yeah, you know, I've been thinking myself, whether there is a God. Because of Princess Diana. He said, he asked, it's, it's like, I will just meet. When you die, the meat is dead. I said, no, there is more. And I started to witness to him. Oh, yes. I said, what is the point in all this Christianity if there is no resurrection? It is in the resurrection that you will see the benefit of all that you have ever done. You know? When, when, whenever, whenever somebody dies, everybody who related with the person starts to wonder, should I have done this? Should I have done this? And you start to regret in relation to anybody who is dead. It has happened, it has happened on a number of occasions. I've seen it. Always the same thing. When you die, you will also have those feelings. Should I have done this? I should have done this. I should have done this. Should I maybe have done this? And that's why I want to encourage all of us. It's all about the resurrection. For me, I'm serving the Lord. My mind is on eternity. That's why you will notice I don't do many things for people to see. It is only because of recent times, so much social media, that people get to know some of the things we are doing. We've been doing them for years. Oh, yes. But if it wasn't for that, you wouldn't know what we are doing. Most of the things we are When I'm in the crusade in the north, you can't even imagine what it's like to be in Bunkurugu. Or what it's like to be in Tiriponi. Or what it's like to be in Nakbanduri. You can't even imagine what it's like to be in Gushegu. Gushegu. Oh, yes. You can't even imagine. Different, different things. But there's nobody important there to... Do something for somebody to see and praise you and say, well done, well done, well done. It is in eternity. It is in the resurrection that you say, yes, I should have done this. I should have done, I should have done two more of this. I should have done more of this. I didn't take it seriously. It's when eternity strikes, then you realize, oh man, that was the main thing. That was the main thing. So Paul said, you know, what is the point of all these things I'm doing if there's no resurrection? But if there's resurrection, there's a point. If there's a resurrection, there's a point. 
So live your life with the mind that there is a resurrection. Amen. Amen. And then verse 33 says, don't be deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Don't, don't, Don't follow these things. Awake to righteousness and sin not, verse 34, for some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. So don't set aside your focus on eternity. If you ask me, one of the main things that strikes me more and more is eternity and the resurrection. That's what guides me to do what things that I'm doing. Why would I be here in the first love church? Why would I be doing a crusade? What, 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 would I, what, what, am I, what else am I going to get? Why would I be launching a book? Well, I, don't, I don't need to launch any more books. I've, I've already written over 100 books. And so, had sold over 40 million of them all over the world. I don't need to be an author anymore. My authorship has, I see that many, many limits already. Oh, yes. What is the point? It's not for people. It's for eternity. Does it matter in eternity? Derek Prince said he believes the reason why Paul had such an influence and authority in the church, even up to today, is because he wrote so much. That is why, even up to today, Paul's authority and influence in the church is so strong. Even like now, I'm preaching from Paul's letter. It's because of his writings. So our books are very important. That's why Satan would always attack the books or the word. When Satan attacks you, his first attack is the word. Has God said, is it God? Is it, is it God? Always questioning the books and the word. So, let us be focused on eternity. Oh, yes. Now, just... As we go, let to understand this eternity and uh, resurrection in just one little way. It says in verse 42, so is the resurrection of the dead. He gives three ways you are going to die, which unfortunately reveal a certain condition which affects all of us in different ways. It says, number one, When you die, you are sown in corruption. Your body goes down, and when your body is down, you are corrupt, something that is false. Number two, it is sown in weakness. Look at verse three, the next verse. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. Hallelujah. And the next one is, it is sown in dishonor, and it is raised in glory. So there are three characteristics of someone who goes into the grave. But the good news is that it does not end in the grave. When you die and you go into the grave, you are going in three ways. Weakness. Oh, yes. Number two, corruption. And number three, dishonor. How many would agree that if you were to be dead now and you were put into the grave... Something weak is going down. Something that has been weak. Oh, this side are mostly angels. I think I'm going to move to this side now. Yeah. How many realize that you are quite weak? 
Oh yes. Oh yes. What does it mean? There's weakness in the church. That is why we do not cast away somebody who is weak. Hmm? Did you hear me? You don't cast away somebody who is weak. Then, and that's why you will never be cast out of the church. And that's why people come into the church and say, hmm, is this person also here? Oh, yes. Say we are here, we are here. Then it is sown in corruption. Corruption means irreversibly spoiled. You see, when meat is corrupted, you can't reverse it, but you can freeze it. So it stays at how it's about. Corruption is not something you can. So some of our spoilings, you know, they are quite irreversible. Oh, yes. Yes. You see, when you've tasted certain things, they spoil you. That's why sometimes they'll say, oh, this girl is spoiled. Yeah. Like something has been taken away from innocence is gone. Oh, yes. Touch the person next to you. You, you, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Corruption. Yes. That is why certain people don't have certain problems because they have not been affected by certain things before. But what you must realize is that every one of us, especially the older you get, you see that there's corruption in you. Something that there are spot parts that are not working. Oh, yes. And there is weakness. How many have been weak when you saw temptation? You said, please take over my life. <laughs> the same temptation, oh. the one you confessed and you, you went and did it again. How many have been confessing yourself? You know that this thing I'm confessing, I'll do it again. I know I'll do it again. As you are confessing, Lord, forgive me, Jesus' name. And then dishonor. How many have done disgraceful things before? Disgracefulness on this side. Mostly are on the left side here. What about the right side? Upstairs too, they are full of disgraceful. Wow. But that is what we are. But the Bible says that you go down like that. And it is your body that is like that. Your body is like that. How many have been jealous before? Disgraceful jealousy. Somebody is having a wedding and you are not happy. You are saying in your head, he's going to find out that she's not really beautiful. Is it a nice thing to be thinking as a bride is coming down? You are thinking to yourself, she's going, he's going to find out that she's not, she's not very beautiful. Skin pain. Painful skin. Amazing. Jealousy. Horrible envy. But when you come out from the resurrection and we meet in heaven, 
I mean, you'll be filled with beauty. You'll be glorious. Your weakness will be gone. You're spoiling. Remember how you got spoiled from a slight homosexuality touch? It has changed you. Oh, yes. It has changed you. It's changed you. You've become different. That's not how you were born. Certain sexual things you've done, it's changed you. How many have been changed on this side? Mostly on this side. How many realize you've been changed? I don't want to ask this, this side. There are dignified people here, so I'm asking mostly this side. <laughs> hey, corrupted. You've been changed. But when you come out, can you imagine you'll be in heaven? You'll see a lady who is also come from the resurrection. And your lusts, at first you used to see anything that is wearing a skirt, it disturbs you. Instead of being gripped with lust, you'll be filled with normal love, just a normal Christian. And you'll even be able to tell her, Charlie, let's go to the house. And you'll go home together and spend the night together without any weakness. Wow. How many are looking forward for, to this resurrection? Resurrection without problems. Oh, yes. Maranatha. Amen. And you know, this means a lot. In Romans chapter 15 and verse 1. What does the Bible say? It says, we then that are strong, we ought to bear the infirmities of the weak. So it means that all throughout our lives, we have to put up with the weakness of fellow Christians. And that is why, that's what a family is. I put up with your weakness and you put up with my, my weakness. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak. You know, when Hitler came on the scene, he decided to kill all mentally ill patients, cripples, anybody with a problem, he decided to just eliminate them. You see, that is not what we do. We don't eliminate you because you are weak. When you are weak, we rather find, go abroad and you see, if you are blind, they'll find something for you. If you are deaf, they find a way. If you are mentally handicapped, they find a way. In a strong and a good nation, they have a way to support people that are, have problems. You don't throw them away. We don't throw family members away. No one's child is so bad that he must be fed to the lions. Oh, yes. So, Rather, the great mistake is to walk away in rebellion. But rather, to understand that we are a family. We have corruption. We know. We know. Tell your neighbor, I'm aware. I'm aware of all the things you are saying. I'm aware. I'm aware. I'm aware. Number two, we have weakness. Yes. Look at me standing here. My son is dead. Look at it. As if I don't pray. As if there's no God. As if, as if God, God is angry with me for something. I just came from my crusade. Yes. I mean, look, I'm standing here in weakness. 
Oh, yes. It's something. As if God doesn't answer prayers. As if God, God couldn't have mercy. Yes, that's our life here. Yeah, that's the life here. So we go out of this world. There's weakness, there's dishonor, there's corruption. But we are still together. We are still a family. And we are still pressing on until we come to glory. To heaven. To his presence. Amen. And we must remember that. Never let Satan deceive you to put a hook in your mouth and pull you out of your family for any foolish reason. Bible says, bad communications corrupts good morals. Be strong in the Lord. We are on the way to heaven. That's where we are. We are going all the way to the end of the way. Yes. There will be things we wouldn't understand. Things that we wouldn't want it to be that way. But I'm, I'm telling you, when a person is buried, these are the three things, no matter who he is. He's buried in weakness. He's buried in his corruptions. That's the things that are spoiled about him. And he's buried in dishonor. The things that were disgraceful or dishonored about him. But it doesn't mean we are not part. We are all part and we are all together to the very end of the journey that God has given all of us. I hope you are listening very carefully. Yes. So let us stand with a mind for eternity. Just have that mind. I'm working towards the resurrection. This is resurrection son. Jesus rose from the dead. Otherwise he would not have tamely subjected himself to this death. He would have said, I'll stay here. When Pilate said, you know what Pilate told him? Pilate told him, do you know that I have power to release you? He told Pilate, let me tell you something. eh? In case you don't know. If it was not given to you from above, you will have no power over me. In other words, what he was saying was that, Unless God has not decided, this crisis will not be going on. This crisis will never be on. As you are standing here threatening me. Oh, except God, look at the scripture. It said, thou couldest have no power against me, except it was given to you from heaven. In other words, this crisis will not be there. Could not maintain, could not continue unless it is given from above. That's why I'm standing here. You are threatening me. You are going to kill me and all that. It is from above. That's why I'm coolly standing here. I'm not struggling with it. I'm not struggling with it. You say you, you are like, there's nothing you can do or not do. So then I say, oh, if I have done this, if I do this, if I do this, there's nothing to do. If it was not given from above, it will not be there. It will not be happening. You will not be able to even look at me and say, do you know I can release you? Do you know I can help you? Do you know I can do something? You can't do nothing. This crisis will not be there if it was not given from above. That's why I'm not, I'm not fighting it. I'm not struggling with it. That's what Jesus was saying. I'm not struggling with this. I'm not struggling with you threatening me. Threatening me about my life. That I'll kill you. I'll let you go. I'll do this. This will happen. This will happen. That will happen. No, 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 no. Don't think so. Except it was given from above. We will not be standing here. We will not be having this situation. 
Jesus was not moved by the crisis that was leading even to his death. It was nothing to him. He said, it is God who has given it from us. That's why, that's why it's going on. People cannot believe also the mysteries of God. But I tell you, ultimately, whatever enemy there is in your life, no matter what is called, even the last enemy, death, is overcome in this resurrection Sunday. The event of resurrection Sunday. And that's why he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58, at the end of that chapter, he says, therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast. Okay, because of all these resurrection realities, be steady. Be what? Steadfast. Steadfast is a naval term. It means the ability to be going and to go off course and to come back on course. That's the difference between steadfast and immovable. Steadfast is like you would have gone up, but you can come back. Clap for the prodigal son. He came back. He came back. He came back. I'm proud of the prodigal son. He came back. Unmovable. That, that was therefore. This chapter 15 is a resurrection chapter of the Bible. Somebody asks you, what is 1 Corinthians 15 about? It's all from verse 1 to the end. 58 verses about resurrection. Be steady, be unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Knowing this, eh? <laughs> that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Hallelujah. Eh? This is the final verse of conclusion. After talking about resurrection, we always end in this verse. Therefore, my brethren, based on all that I've said, that resurrection is very important, this and that, we are sown in weakness, we come up. Therefore, therefore, because of all that I've said, and all that is true, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord may your labor never be in vain in the Lord whatever you do in the Lord it's not in vain so that's what also God tells me today I should be steadfast I should be unmovable I should always abound in the work of the Lord and I should know that my labor is not in vain in the Lord may may you labor May you work towards the resurrection and may your eyes stay steadily on eternity. And as you keep your eyes on the prize of the resurrection and the prize of eternity, the Lord strengthen you to fight, to do his will and to serve him with joy. Every standing with your hands lifted up. Father, thank you so much. For today, thank you for raising us up again, encouraging us to serve you and to do well in the ministry. We are grateful. Thank you for everyone that is gathered here today. We give you praise, we give you glory, we give you honor. In Jesus' name we pray. 
with thanksgiving. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. As every head is bowed and every eye closed, if you are here today, you want to give your life to Jesus. Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to God. Maybe somebody invited you to church today. If you are here like that, you want to give your life to the Lord. If you are here like that, maybe, maybe you just live for this earth, but today God is saying, live for eternity. If you are not born again, when you are raised from the dead, you go straight into hell. That's serious. That's serious. If you are here and you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, lift your right hand. I'm going to pray with you. Yes, just lift it up high. Pastor, God, pray with me. I want to give my life to the Lord. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Maybe somebody invited you. Today is Easter. Somebody invited you. You want to give your life to Jesus. Father, thank you for all those that have lifted their hands. If you've lifted your hand, you want to give your life to the Lord. You want to be born again. You want me to pray with you. Come quickly to the front. Come from wherever you are. Come and stand right here. With your hand lifted up. Come quickly. I want to just pray with you. I'm giving you one minute to just come all the way. God bless you. Gideon who has a sign over there follow me, follow him right there God bless you oh put your hands together for them you may be seated in the presence of the Lord take your holy communion
listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, 
God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.